A big day with word coming down just as the program started this afternoon that bars and restaurants in Sangamon County can begin welcoming customers back inside their establishments up to 25% capacity effective this Sunday. Still a lot of restrictions in place, but the numbers have improved enough over the last few weeks. The county thinks we can go ahead and do this safely to talk more about how that decision was made and about other issues related to management of the pandemic. We are pleased to welcome back to the program the Sangamon County Director of Public Health, Gail O'Neill. Gail, as always, thank you for your time. You're welcome, Jim. Let's start with uh, the decision that was made here. Uh, We have obviously seen improved numbers uh, pretty much corresponding to the time that the decision was made to uh, close down indoor bar and restaurant service here. Uh, What makes you think that we can now start to reinstate this during this very cold weather and not see that progress reversed in the weeks to come? Well, we sure hope that doesn't happen. Um, you know that we've been talking, you know, listening and talking with the bar and restaurant owners um, about how what a hardship this is on them and what, working with our medical consultants that we talk to daily and trying to, you know, see what's realistic and how far we can reduce the risk of spread. We've been in a good state now. We've met the metrics, which are, you know, pretty tight at 6.5% positivity for, you know, seven days with a rolling um, percentage. And, you know, our numbers look good. Um, we certainly hope that it doesn't change. We, you know, didn't see a spike that we were a little concerned about after Thanksgiving. We, we hope we don't see one from Christmas. Um, so we, you know, followed what we had agreed to do with, you know, the 6.5% and taking this, this seriously on trying to do a, a partial reopening. Uh, the um, bar and restaurants that we had talked to were you know, willing to meet the compliance, you know, which there still are a lot of restrictions because we're still a little concerned, but um, feel it's important to try to open up the community a little bit. Um, There's, you know, concern that the um, counties around us aren't enforcing like we, um, like we have been. And uh, it's, it's time to try and and see if we can do this. There is an out clause though. If, if the numbers jump up suddenly, which happened to us last time, we'll have to relook at this and, um, change our change our path but it's just not a one-day blip we want to make sure we just didn't have a bad day with numbers and it throw this all off but a you know a seven-day period with an increase we're going to be concerned about and the doctors will want to look at this in more detail uh the the state though uh, still has its mitigations in place saying that we shouldn't be having indoor service at, at any level uh, are you concerned that the county is, is once again going against what the state is, is saying should be done yeah, it, it, it's a little concerning, and I, you know, have some calls to make with, with the state tonight. We've been asking as we've been, our numbers have been getting better to see if there's any um, plan or an end in sight or some reopening. Um, as a region, we're not quite there yet. As, Spring, as Sangamon County, we feel we are. Um, but there's quite a few, I think it's eight of the 11 regions that, you know, are meeting the metrics and still don't have any idea when, you know, what, what do we have to hang on to to know when there's a chance for reopening in a in a small way to get started. So we, you know, are in one respect stepping out a little bit ahead of what the mayor may decide, but we feel like that we are in the metrics. This is a medically advised um, approach. Um, everybody's taken it very seriously, and there's still a lot of mitigations here that are still stricter than what the um, state was asking, even with the 25%. 
Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill is with us. Uh, Gail, as you noted, we didn't see a surge after Thanksgiving, but we're uh, not even yet a, a week away after Christmas. That's one of the things the state has said they wanted to make sure we didn't see that post-Christmas surge. We've also got potentially lawmakers coming back into town just after these establishments reopen. Possibility of schools in Springfield reopening again within days after this. That's a lot of things all coming together at once. Um, is is it too much too soon? Or are you concerned that by uh, allowing all these things to happen simultaneously, uh, we do run a risk of, uh, of moving in the wrong direction? Yeah, we do run a risk, you know, a little bit. Um, and the risk is real, but the risk of not opening a little, um, a little bit is, is also um, a detriment to our community and the people that rely on the food service industry for employment and, um, and their livelihood. That's important, too. We think the schools can operate safely. We, the doctors have said that, um, you know, it, with, um, you know, the proper mitigations, distancing, and, and those things, a lot of the schools have been talking about doing rapid testing, and I believe most, most of that will be uh, focused toward the teachers. We haven't, fortunately, haven't seen, you know, spread in the schools. There's, you know, people who test positive, and having enough teachers, if, if there's um, COVID cases that are unrelated to the school and having shortages, those kind of things are going to continue, it seems. But our numbers being down is what we had, you know, uh, said that we would follow, and we're prepared to turn it around if we have to. So we've been trying to balance the risks and the health of our community overall. You may not be the right person to ask about this. It was brought up on the air last hour. Uh, somebody uh, said that uh, restaurants who have maybe have received uh, assistance from the state, financial assistance, whether through the business interruption grants or through the CARES Act, uh, might be on the hook for that money having to repay it if they reopen in defiance of the state guidelines. Do you know if that's a, an issue and has that been discussed at all in, in making these plans for a partial reopening? No, frankly, we we didn't. I didn't think of that, and I hope that the restaurants that might be in that boat, you know, check on that. Um, we certainly wouldn't, you know, want to have that happen to them, and it may be that it's not worth the 25%, you know, with their, um, you know, with their uh, payment that might be due. I don't know anything about that, and that would certainly be something worth considering. Talking with Gail O'Neill, the Sangamon County Public Health Director. And Gail, while I while I have you here, I want to ask you a little sure. bit about vaccines as well. I know there was a big discussion uh, at the County Board of Health meeting uh, the, the other night about this and all the different logistics and hoops that, that you have to jump through <laughs> there. Um, so, so let me ask you, uh, you indicated we expect to get uh, another supply of vaccine doses here in the next several days. Are we ready to go with that as soon as they arrive or the logistics now? all in place and and does the health department have have the budget for this it's got to take manpower as you said you may have to have law enforcement or ambulances standing by there's going to be a a, a temporary structure built at the health department to for drive-through traffic uh do we have the 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 resources and the logistics in place to to handle all this yeah it is a huge undertaking and, and an important one um we'll know better about um grants from the state for the vaccination program after the first of the year we're hoping for some some support there as we got for um, testing in the beginning and contact tracing. The uh, county has been um, extremely helpful to us, uh, the health department, and um, wants us to do this well and to do it um, to protect our community. So um, we're being cautious with the money, but also, you know, not not performing as well as we can because of money. So this um, 
you know, with it being outside, part there's a couple of challenges with the, te- the um, vaccination, and one of them is the 15-minute wait afterwards. I mean, we're really good at pushing people through and giving them flu shots and, and one-time doses and those kind of things. But with the vaccination for COVID, you need to wait for 15 minutes afterwards. So we can get people through and get them vaccinated. Um, and, you know, the 15-minute the wait area is, is a challenge. We will have a, a drive-through program by the middle of January um, with, with staging for parking. Um, the structure that we're going to have put up is going to allow us to have six to eight cars in it at a time with, you know, closed garage doors. It's very ca- cold outside, and it may be for a few months. Uh, the wind kind of whips through our parking lot, but the, by having people get um, vaccinated in their cars, it helps us eliminate the social the distancing needed to keep people from infecting each other. Um, prior to that, we will do um, vaccinations in our facility. And, you know, kind of scatter people all through the building while they're while they're waiting afterwards, which we're prepared to do. And those will mostly be the um, EMS workers and uh, some more frontline health care providers. So we'll start with them and then expand out to um, our drive through facility. And we're um, looking at, at that being very efficient. We've worked on we've kind of come up in the world, too, with electronics and with the availability of using an electronic appointment system or using the hotline to have somebody help you make an appointment. Um, we, need, we need to do appointments, one, to make sure that people who are in the right category or healthcare workers um, get appointments. We also need to be able to schedule appointments for the second vaccine. Um, people who are vaccinated need another one um, about a month later, so we need to make sure that we schedule appropriately for that, and they need to have the same brand of vaccine that they had the first time. So there are some particular logistics with this that um, are a challenge, but as this goes on, you know, there could be more um, different vaccines, too. So we're just going to be real flexible and um, hopefully very responsive to the public and make sure that everybody ultimately who wants vaccinated can get that. And we've put our first two batches of vaccine in the hospitals. We believe that the hospitals were the frontline workers with helping um, cure so many of our um, people who've dealt with COVID. And um, so now we're going to move that on to the rest of the community. Uh, and I know from the discussion the other night that next in line will be non-hospital medical personnel, dentists may be in the mix, EMTs and, and first responders. After that, uh, d- does the county have to basically follow what the CDC says? Can the county do its own prioritization for who is next in line? And, and who do we think will be next in line after that? And when might that start? That um, we'll, we'll see those categories after probably at the end of January, but we also don't want to have vaccine and not vaccinate people. Um, The first doses, you know, we had to make sure that people could be vaccinated within basically three and a half days because of the vaccine that had been thawed, and the Pfizer vaccine is really kind of particular that way. Um, So some people, if you've got vaccine on hand and they're they're close, will use it rather than waste it. Um, So that's kind of been the focus, but we will um, get the message out of who's eligible after the... um, after the healthcare workers, we're going to have the um, you know high risk people, the elderly, and people with pre existing conditions, um, and try to target them next, and um, then pretty much the general public. So we will follow the guidelines of of the um, CDC and the state with that, um, knowing that special special circumstances could come up as well. What about um, uh, as essential workers like uh, grocery workers, frontline folks mm-hmm. there, educators, uh, again, because we know we've, we've had some folks, you know, exposed to this in schools. Uh, will, right. do, do we know where they're going to fall into the mix in all this? 
Yeah, we think that the as this kind of shakes out, the teachers are are moving up, school workers, um, you know, the um, the people that bring us our food, sell us our food. Those are all essential workers, and of course, they would um, be be important, you know, for us to do. So we and actually with working with just the healthcare workers at first, we're building up the momentum to be able to vaccinate everybody and essential workers. Absolutely, are important. And, uh, yeah, everybody's important and essential as far as this vaccine goes, but we just need to um, get it through and get it, um, you know, answer the questions that people have and, uh, you know, try to get everybody vaccinated as soon as we can. And, again, are you going to stay with what the CDC says, or does the county have some latitude to say we're going to put this group up ahead of this group? I think we have some latitude if it's it's justified, but um, I'll need to – you know, if it's a choice between, you know, I don't know. It, it, this is the challenge at this point. Um, we're trying to just gather numbers of people that do want vaccinated in, in large groups. There's pharmacists, there's, there's funeral home directors. There's a lot of people that are exposed potentially. So, um, you know, we want to address everybody's needs and concerns. And uh, whether we stray from what's recommended at this point, I would say no, but I've learned to never say never. <laughs> and you are going to use an appointment system, correct? I think I heard you make reference in the board of health meeting the other night to uh, talking about a possibility of a first come first served. Is that, is that something that's being considered or? We're, we're going to do an appointment system right now. If you go in and uh, it accidentally was activated for a short time today and seven people had already registered. So wow. they're going to, they're getting a call that that didn't quite work. We know the system works, and that's well, good. But right now, or as soon as we turn it, it on, um, it will ask you if you're a healthcare worker, um, if you, you know, have an you know, have some way to prove where you work, and then um, if you don't fall in that category, it'll say, please check back in a couple weeks, um, and then you may be eligible for a vaccine. That's the way we see this going. Or people can call through the hotline, and we can, you know, assist them that way. But we don't want people to come and sit in line and not be eligible. We also need to make sure that we have enough vaccine on a given day. So that's why important the um, appointment system is important for us. One other thing uh, to to ask you about before we let you go here, uh, I know this is a big topic of discussion the other night, is the idea that there may be some community mistrust of the vaccine, especially in certain uh, parts of the community. Uh, So what what are you looking at now and talking about to try to, one, uh, reassure people about its safety, its efficacy, and two, to, to convince people that it's beneficial for them and for the community at large to get the vaccine? Yes, that's going to be one of our next big pushes. The Board of Health wants to be involved in a lot of the community to share the message that vaccination is is safe and it's um, important and to address some of the myths that people have and the concerns they have. So we're talking about kind of a um, media campaign and whatever it takes, maybe working with the churches to kind of share the information that we know about vaccination um, by having a lot of people in the hospitals that the community trusts already been vaccinated. They can share their stories and what they've seen. Um, so yes, there's, there's a lot of distrust about vaccine overall and, um, distrust, trust of government and all kinds of things that we hope to overcome a little bit with information and education over the next month or so. Well, let me just say that if you uh, think it might be helpful to give somebody a, a shot on the air, I can probably uh, arrange something like that for you. If uh, okay, that's you think good be to beneficial. know. So, uh, Gail okay. O'Neill, the Sangamon we'll County. You up on that. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm ready to go whenever. I don't want okay. to push anybody else right. out of the way, but if it's a public service, if it'll help, uh, we can definitely okay. talk about it. Uh, Gail O'Neill, the Sangamon right. County Public Health Director. Oh, and yeah, one more thing. Still no karaoke, huh? Yes. 
No karaoke no, yet. Okay. Darn it. I thought I'd check. All right. <laughs> okay. uh, indoor service reopens right. on Sunday. And Gail, I'm assuming there's going to be uh, you know, a real close eye kept on this to make sure the 25% capacity, the other rules are, are being complied with? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our intent is not, is not uh, tickets. It's compliance. So, yes, we will be out and about and trying to help make sure that this works smoothly for everyone. Gail, we always appreciate your time. Happy New Year to you, and we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thank you, Jim.